Hello, Lisa, to RegTech Impact. Um, you are from the World Economic Forum. I think you are practice lead partnering against corruption initiative. Um, Lisa, please introduce yourself. Sure. Thank you so much, Erkan. And first of all, thank you so much for having me today. So as you said, my name is Lisa Ventura, and I work for the World Economic Forum, which is an international organization that brings together businesses, governments, and civil society to find collective solutions to global issues. What I really do is to focus on anti-corruption with the Partnering Against Corruption Initiative, PACHI. What we want to achieve is to advance transparency and integrity in business and governments through collective action and the use of technology. Because it sounds really interesting. But how would you explain your job to your grandma or grandpapa? <laughs> good, <laughs> good question. I think how I would explain is just that I, I bring people together from very different uh, walks of lives for them to, to find common solutions. I think today we see a lot of silos uh, and, and how people address those challenges. So I think it's really this bringing together uh, people that I would focus on, should I explain it to my ah, grandparents? Cool. That is, that is really interesting, uh, like a RegTech impact. But um, we talk about RegTech and what were your first contacts with RegTech industry? I would say with you in a sense of having it, uh, it's really uh, the terms coined like this. I think uh, through the past few years, I've heard a lot about the impact of technology on anti-corruption and, of course, a focus on, on regulation uh, and also kind of uh, working with different uh, regulatory bodies. But I think to actually call it RegTech as an industry, uh, it's something that I uh, newly discovered, but I feel it actually explains what a lot of people are, are doing in the space because people are working on, on technology, collaborating with governments to make sure that the, the um, regulatory aspect is following through and also to ensure that those standards are actually globalized and you don't have you know, one country that can do something that's uh, not allowed in another place. So I think it, it actually makes a lot Absolutely. of sense. That means in 2020, you did uh, hear the word RegTech the first time. Can I say that? Yeah, that's cool. That's yes, exactly. Cool. But um, let me talk about a little bit more about ethics and integrity policies. I mean, um, why companies must or should improve their ethics and integrity policies? Do you have an answer for that? Yes, definitely. Uh, I think it just goes back to the to the impact of, of business on society. I think uh, one, one thing that we talk a lot about at the World Economic Forum is stakeholder capitalism. So what we mean by that is that a business should not profit just its shareholders, but also delivering values to its customers, also invest in their employees, making sure they are compensated fairly and, that, you know, they have good training, education, uh, that also they are, you know, Uh, treated with, with respect, making sure that the suppliers are also dealt properly, and most importantly, that the, the communities that are impacted by those businesses, whether it's with the environments or just different sustainable practices. So I think that's that's why it's really important because it really it goes back to how can we make uh, you know a more uh, equitable world um, where people are treated mm -hmm. with dignity. And if I ask the same question about compliance and business integrity, I mean, we talk about ethics and integrity. And um, could you describe or give us a short definition of compliance and business integrity or ethics from the wording? Because for me, it's very difficult to separate that. 
Mm -hmm. Very much so. I mean, I think when we talk about compliance, we think about a bit ticking boxes. You know, it's about a set of rules and you have to make sure that you are, you know, aligned. And then when you talk about uh, ethics, and I think that's something that we uh, with Patchy focus a lot on, it's really this idea of beyond a compliance. So I think, of course, compliance is key, but ethics is more about the values the, the ethics is also not only just about the compliance department, but it's a responsibility and a value that is carried within each and every single employee and third party and the leadership and the board. You know, it, it kind of it's everyone's business if you want. So I think if you want to see true change, you have to talk about integrity and ethics and make sure it's a key value of your company and not just, you know, a box-ticking exercise that is carried out by a, mm -hmm. by a team. That means uh, you talk also about business integrity. I mean, if we're just going to define the words compliance, I understand that, ethics, I understand that, mm -hmm. and business integrity, I mean, what's that? Can you give a short definition of that? Sure. I mean, I think it's really just looking at your, your behaviors and the way you carry out your business. So that would mean any kind of operations that needed to, to carry your business. We're talking also about the supply chain. Uh, we talk also about, you know, um, company culture. I think the culture aspect is really important when we talk about business integrity. So I think it's really looking at integrity within the business. So that will be within its CAF, internally the culture, and within its operation and impact that it has. And is there a framework where we can put everything on that? I mean, I, I did heard about governance, risk, and compliance. Is there a framework? Maybe. So we actually did uh, build one. Ah, uh, cool. <laughs> thanks for asking. <laughs> <laughs> so it's called the, the Agenda for Business Integrity. And the idea is really to kind of map this journey of the private sector into integrity. So the first one is, as I mentioned before, it's really this idea of going beyond compliance and focus on ethics integrity. The second one um, is more, uh, I would say, internally looking. So there we want to talk about uh, cultural changes, about behavioral shifts, and really see, you know, what are the things that traditionally were not necessarily measured when talking about integrity, uh, but are actually very key. And in that bucket, we also include, of course, training and education and really this idea that a company is is constantly evolu evolving right so there's no perfect stage that you can uh, you can reach but it's more this continuous learning process then the third one and i think one that's very uh, dear to to rectech is leveraging technologies we really feel that uh, embedding data analytics uh, big data within your compliance work will make sure that you foster transparency as a culture, as a value, but also it will make you much more efficient and productive in your work. And also, I think the end game, you will actually uh, save a lot of money as well. And then the fourth point in this framework, the agenda for business integrity, is collective action. So this is really, I think, something that's at the heart of the World Economic Forum, is how can you bring different stakeholder groups, so the private sector, academia, civil society, youth, governments, and make sure that together they find solution and not just find them, but actually implement them. And by having all those different perspectives, you can actually find the right one. So the framework is very interesting and very, for me, very, how you can say it. Um, can, can you share that or how I can get that? Of course, yeah, yeah, it's it's, it's available online. Uh, yeah, I'll share all the links yeah, and then you can just great. add it. But uh, yeah. let me think about the uh, technology side. I mean, how do you think can technology help compliance and business integrity, for example, in due diligence? 
I mean, it can help so much. First of all, I think one thing that we see a lot right now is that people are using data that was not necessarily, you know, designed for compliance, but really key. So, for example, you could take data that is uh, used to to kind of analyze your uh, accounts payable, you know, and then you would see suddenly a lot of interesting um, patterns to understand, you know, where could fraud happen and so on. So I think there's that. There's also another uh, great thing about um using technology in your compliance is is time you know investigations can take many many years uh, so i think to really have a better idea of what is happening and where and then thirdly which is probably the most exciting one is the 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 predictive aspect imagine if we can reach the stage where you would know before it happens that you can kind of you know see the the the, the issue before it happens and i think that's kind of a bit futuristic yet but I think uh, a few companies and, and startups are actually very close. I think the, the issue now is they don't necessarily have enough data sets to get to this predictive stage, but they are so close that I think that's something we will see probably in the next year or so. Yeah, I think I think this is like um, where you can say uh, science fiction is getting true and that is something as a best prevention um where we can prevent, for example, corruption by knowing it's something happened. But uh, let me think about a little bit about the technology compared to five years. I mean, what changes do you see in compliance and business integrity from the technology side or in general compared to five years ago? I mean, that is, I think, also an interesting aspect. Definitely. Uh, I think the, the difference for me between five years ago is the is the awareness I think before five years ago, people were still a bit maybe afraid and unsure, you know, what would it mean to use AI or blockchain within their supply chain? I think now, even if you're not uh, in a kind of technology role, you know, even if you're a compliance officer, I think you have greater understanding of technology. So you can take better decision in terms of which technology should I deploy in my compliance work, which department or which colleague I should involve. So I think there's a greater awareness. Um, and maybe the second aspect would be with COVID. I think it really created the, the, sadly, the perfect ecosystem to make the business case for technology. I think people saw that you actually need very strong digital ecosystem, digital reliance, uh, resilience, sorry, um, to actually go forward because either people could not go, you know, on site. So they needed systems they can rely on. They need, uh, collect, they need to collect data that is really uh, secure. Um, so I think in that sense, uh, maybe five years ago, people liked the idea of technology, but I think now they truly see and understand why this is something they need to invest in. Absolutely. The question is, do you see any risk of that? I mean, um, you have opportunities, also some risks. Do you see some risks on this topic? Uh, of course, you always have great risk with technology, and I think that's mainly about uh, can you can you use it in a responsible way, right? So I think by responsible, I mean whether it's making sure uh, privacy is is kept, uh, making sure it doesn't carry out uh, any any biases or discrimination. Um, I think at the end of the day, the technology is built by by humans, and uh, humans are not perfect. So I think how can you make sure that Technology, in a way, uh, brings the best out of people and not carry out uh, kind of structural issues such as racism in it. Uh, that's very interesting. But um, we talk about uh, COVID-19 and uh, what's about COVID-19 and the risk of corruption? 
Of course. I mean, I think the, the, the corruption risk actually have increased a lot uh, with COVID-19. Uh, first, I think from, from pure data, I think we've seen with other health crises like Ebola, there was a lot of issues of, of corruption and, and really at different levels, right? So you can see from just someone trying to get a health treatment that have to pay for it, uh, from, you know, uh, grander uh, schemes where a country would suddenly, uh, under a kind of emergency regime, carry out whatever they want and suddenly the, the rule of law in the kind of democratic system is totally at risk. So I think corruption is definitely at risk. However, compared to other crises, I feel people were more aware and a bit more vigilant for it. So I think people talked about it from the early days of uh, the COVID crisis that, okay, be careful. We have to make sure that our processes are clear, that transparency is still carried out within an emergency structure, whether it's with the government or even within the private sector. So, so I think it has been an, an interesting uh, debate, and it's still it's still complex, of course, because mm. you know the, the compliance function is very difficult to carry out uh, remotely. Um, but again, I think it's also made the case for greater um, digital technologies mm. and, and just a, I mean, a more uh, tech savvy, if you want, approach to compliance. Mm -hmm. I mean, um, I think COVID nineteen. Uh, can I say that that COVID nineteen show us the um, how you say that we are doing or that we should do more in digitalization because there are no other opportunities or another chance by because um, we can't do anything together um, against corruption. Uh, for example, you can't go and look to the companies. Um, you need other digital solutions. That is what you also say? Yeah, exactly. Because I think even if you think of... of uh Procurements, right? So I think you had a lot of emergency procurements in, in different countries. And so how can you make sure that you use data to, to strengthen the, the accountability uh, and that the, whatever in a way good is distributed, that this is done in a, in a transparent and fair way? Mm -hmm. So I think, yes, that even if corruption was at risk, I think it made the case that technology is the way forward for a mm -hmm. more transparent world. That's interesting. But... Um If we talk about um, to build a bridge between digital technology and compliance or business integrity frameworks, the mm -hmm. question is, how can RegTech, also startups level, can help? I mean, I think first by reminding everyone that it's not a nice to have to actually, you know, bring digital technology into compliance. It's something that's needed. So I think some companies are really leading the way, but some are not there yet. So I think to, to have a movement about it will help people gain more awareness, uh, make sure that themselves, but also their teams have the appropriate uh, education and training on it. Um, also, I think to make sure that those different regulations are um you know, streamlined. And I think that's one big issue we have today, that if you look at, you know, different European countries or, you know, uh, or the US or other, like, obviously, it's very, very different rules. And that uh, creates a very uneven level playing field. So I think RegTech as a movement has the opportunity to make sure that there is a kind of baseline and that this baseline is, is you know, appropriate to create, you know, Uh, the, the right set of values. Absolutely, absolutely. And um, if we talk about um, Corona crisis, is the compliance and business integrity and the technology still attractive? I mean, we have economic consequence of the Corona crisis. Um, do you think that that would be more on, 
who, who you can say that more be attractive to do something or do you think this would be less attractive? So, sorry, can, can you repeat the question? Um, the, the question is, is the compliance business in Terrigity and the technology still attractive, especially because of the economic consequence of the corona crisis? Oh, yes. I mean, I think, uh, of course, you know, I mean, I think the, 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 the compliance function is always is key to any business, right? I think it, it cannot happen uh, otherwise, especially a large business who have, you know, multiple branches and, and a complex uh, supply chain and a, a large set of uh, third parties. So, so I think it's uh, even that, you know, obviously uh, the, there's a more um, difficult uh, economic outlook, that's for sure. But I think the compliance uh, function is is more important than ever in a way because also now I feel the leadership is more aware that they need this compliance function on board. You know, even if you think of of ESG, so the environmental, social, and governance metrics that people talk a lot about, you know, they can only happen if you think of the G for governance, and governance is really uh, tightly. Um, Uh, intertwined with compliance. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's a really interesting aspect. Um, another question, which ecosystem, I mean, we talk about a lot of ecosystems, which ecosystems around the globe have the best adoption of RegTech solutions? So other business can know and try to understand what it could mean for their similar business and get the right exposure of what is out there. I mean, is there an ecosystem? I mean, I think there's an ecosystem in the sense that there are many, uh, you know, small and medium enterprises and startups that are developing really exciting solutions. Uh, I've, I've spoken recently with a, a company based out of Argentina, and I think in Latin America, they're doing very, very interesting things in terms of uh, uh, e-governance, you know, and kind of GovTech. And I think GovTech is actually very, uh, you know, it has an interesting overlaps with, with RegTech. So I think uh, I would definitely look into uh, Latin America. I think they're doing really interesting things to see how can they empower different departments at a more, you know, a local level, whether it's at the city level or different municipalities, uh, really uh, changing how you use data uh, to, to include more the citizens, to empower the different uh, public servants. So that, that's definitely a, a space I would look into. But I think, to be honest, across the world, I think uh, in Africa as well, uh, they're doing exciting things. Uh, whether it's a, a, in Rwanda, they're doing very exciting things with tech as well. So uh, I would say across the world, there's interesting little uh, little hubs. I don't think there's one um, continent or region that's doing better. I think uh, innovation is uh, is really around the world at the moment, and it's more about finding the right people who are going to change the course of things, and not necessarily one region that is creating more, uh, you know, than others. Mm -hmm. That's interesting because I think you should work together. And um, I think to be able to transform the risk management, compliance, business integrity function into the digital age, uh, all parties of the global ecosystems, public and private, should work together. And the question is, who do you think globally can, is, are taking the lead on this? I mean, I think a few people are trying to, I mean, of course, I think we, we are, to be honest, <laughs> trying to bring the different actors to, to, to talk about the solutions, to share best practices, to make sure that people are on this kind of learning journey and kind of uh, uh, challenging their own ideas on how can they use uh, data analytics. 
Um, I think different big international organizations such as the uh, OECD is also doing really interesting things. I think there they have also a closer uh, relationships with governments. So I think it's also a different in a way outlook. Um, then I think you have different networks uh, of those kind of uh, golf tech and different startups also really do exciting things. So I, I think you, the idea is to, to understand who, who's doing what across those different platforms and how can you then bring the platforms together? I think it's important not to see them as competition, but just as bringing different aspects of the solution. Absolutely agree. Also sharing is caring. You said you heard that mm -hmm. and that is something very important. And uh, that is something what RegTech Impact stands Although I mean, we should, we should work together by sharing and that it's, information and also all the topics but um i think we have already talked a lot of reg text. we talk about compliance business integrity um one or the, the last question what would you do if you were not working in your industry i mean you you are i i, I read you worked uh, for the international commission of Eurostis and mckinsey company for example uh, what would you do if you were not working in your industry Good, good question. Um, I, I think I would try to open my own company, to be honest, and, and find more, uh, you know, local solutions uh, in, in my own space. So that would mean uh, Geneva, where I'm from, uh, but also uh, more broadly Switzerland. I think I really believe in, in uh, small, scalable solutions. I think it would be quite interesting after, after working for quite a while for a kind of a, a large institution to, to go back to a smaller one and then see, okay, you know, how can I actually develop tangible solutions that I can see myself scale uh, because when, uh, you know, when I talk to different actors, I really see that what's helpful is those, those solutions that we can actually prove uh, specific um, uses of technology. So I think I would, uh, yeah, I would love to do this one day. That's great. And the final question is always, which two books would you recommend? Ooh, good question uh, about uh, technology. Uh, about technology, about reg tech, doesn't matter. I mean, Yes. yes. So the, the book I would recommend is I Know Why the Caged Bird Sings from Maya Angelou. It's a book from the 70s by an American writer. Thank you, Lisa. I, we are finished now to see you the next time, I hope. And Perfect. Thank you so much. You're welcome.